Before I begin my sermon this morning, I'd like to first of all say on behalf of Norm myself, thank you for your prayers and your thoughts. A little over a week ago, Nora suffered a traumatic spinal cord injury uh, as a result of the blood thinners medication that she was on. Uh, she was operated on and uh, has been in hospital since Ash Wednesday, basically. Uh, she is now being transferred to Yuma Regional, or not Yuma Regional, sorry, Yuma Rehab. Uh, as of last night, and hopefully the, the uh, therapy will progress. Uh, she hasn't any feeling in her legs right now, but we're hoping that uh, it will help stimulate something and get something going there. I would ask that you keep the prayers going for you being a help. Thank you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Last week, Father Robert introduced the series that we will be following during the Sundays of Lent. That seldom, if ever, now used introduction and invitation to the Holy Eucharist, the Mass, or whatever term you wish to use to identify what has become the central form of worship in the whole of the Anglican Communion. Since that service has become the central service, on Sundays and weekdays for that matter, the need to propose or explain the sacrament has seemed to have fallen into, by the wayside, and become, for some, more superfluous and unnecessary. But the intent of the exhortation is the same as the focus of Lent, to provide a means of self-examination and preparation for both the reception of the sacrament and the triumphal celebration of the Feast of the Resurrection. I invite you to turn, if you wish, to page 316 of the prayer book. We've looked at the first two paragraphs last week. We begin by focusing on the third. As I was reading through this part, the term that leapt out at me was the dignity of the Holy Sacrament. We usually think of dignity as applying to persons, and usually persons with titles, in some way expressing the fact that they are special and above the norm. Some dignity is inherited, some obtained through position or election. As my old friend William Shakespeare put it, some are born great, some have achieved greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. That's from 12 by That being said, we do acknowledge that everyone, regardless of status or position, has dignity. And we promise in our baptismal covenant to respect the dignity of every human being. However, to refer to an event or an occasion as having dignity seems to be taking things a little too far. What makes the celebration dignified? What makes it great? 
The dignity and greatness comes from the figure of the one who instituted Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior and our Redeemer. When we celebrate at the table of the Lord, we are not only reenacting the events of that holy Thursday, we are using his very words as he said, take, eat, and drink, all of you, for my... The Greek word he used is adonisis, which has been rendered in, uh, in remembrance of me, but which more accurately, if more cumbersomely, should be rendered, and know that I am with you always. Jesus is there. Jesus is here in the presence of the sacrament. It isn't a moment in history. It is happening in the here and the now. And that is what gives it a dignity and a presence above all else. We therefore do not want to partake of the sacrament in a blind and offhand manner. But as the paragraph goes on to say, following the example of St. Paul, with all due mental and spiritual preparation, knowing that we are entering into the real presence of Jesus the Christ. In a very real way, when we partake of the sacrament, we are doing so as part of a covenant. Earlier on in the service, we rehearsed the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, a central part of our faith and of the faith we inherited from our Judaic forebears what is commonly known as the Old Covenant. A covenant is an agreement, a contract, which is usually sealed in the blood of a sacrifice. Moses did this by sprinkling the blood of a heifer upon the altar representing God and upon the people, binding them together with the words, I will be your God and you will be my people. We are told, and often repeat that Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Jesus modified the covenant so that when his disciples initially and later all of us, all of the faithful, drank of the wine he called his blood, we were sealed in that new relationship and that new life, which we also renew every time we partake of that very special gift. Therefore, as the next paragraph of the exhortation goes on to say, receiving the sacrament with our spiritual lives and heart intact is important. We have been given a great gift which should not be abused by less than due preparation and commitment. We are in a covenant relationship. Yes, one can receive in what would be manifest an unprepared state of being. But what damage would that do to the soul? And potentially, it could render and wreck the covenant between Christ and us. I don't wish to imply that the grace which is inherent in the sacrament will be withheld if there is no spiritual and emotional preparation. 
Or what happens to the individual if they are just going through the motions, so to speak, is that the sacrament loses its dignity, loses its specialness, and becomes something which is done ritualistically, just as a matter of form. We need to guard against that sort of mindset and to maintain what is important in our spiritual lives. As the paragraph concludes, judge yourselves, therefore, lest you be judged by the Lord. I have a confession. I'm grateful that we agreed to explore the exhortation during this Lenten period, because it's been a considerable time for me since I have analyzed the whole Eucharist and consciously thought about its elements and its meaning. And I found this exercise both inspiring and meaningful. I hope that it is meaningful and helpful to you also. And I know that one is never too old to be uplifted, reevaluated, and encouraged by what we do in the church. Let's continue that uh, blessed and meaningful way. Amen. Amen. Amen.